0: church this will be our third session on the overcoming church and today we're going to discuss pergamum okay we're going to go to revelation 2 verses 12 through 17 i'm reading in the niv 84 to the angel of the church in pergamum right okay now remember this is jesus revealing These are the words of him who has the sharp, double-edged sword. I know where you live, where Satan has his throne. Man, that's that's a strong picture. Yet, you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was put to death in your city, where Satan lives. Does that sound like anywhere you know today? I'm serious. I'm way serious. Nevertheless, I have. So remember, when 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 Jesus goes to these he. He reveals a characteristic about himself. He, he gives them a commendation. He gives them an admonishment, and he, and he gives them a reward, or he speaks to them of the reward when they remain faithful and true as the overcoming church. So, so that was his, his uh, positive, and now here's his negative. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You have people there who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin. Now notice, they're not the ones sinning, but they are allowing it. Okay? So we need need to think about that. They are allowing it. They are knowing about it uh, and permitting it who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin by eating food sacrificed to idols and by committing sexual immorality. Likewise, you also have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Repent, therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. (coughs) Okay, I would not want that. Would any of you want that? Would you want the Lord coming to you and fighting against you (laughs) with the word of his mouth? No, I don't think so. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give him a white stone with a new name written on it known only to him who receives it. Okay. So, Pergamum, I'm just going to give you a little teeny-tiny, itty-bitty little history. I mean, Um, (laughs) itty-bitty. They were the center of four pagan cults, this city. Four pagan cults. Zeus, Athena, Dionysus, and Asclepius, okay? These are pagan, pagan cults. Just like we have pagan cults in our society, right? Do we have pagan cults? Yes. So it was the seat also of emperor worship, emperor worship, which obviously was blasphemous to the Lord. So Jesus called this place the throne of Satan. Those are incredibly strong words. The throne of Satan, he called it the place where Satan lives. Okay, that is a scary thought, not, not to those in Christ, but I wouldn't want to be in on the pagan side. So, okay, and I, I'm just going to take one little moment to give you all my thoughts on the satanic holiday that will be occurring tomorrow. It is satanic. No Christian has any reason, any purpose, any, any reason at all to participate in a satanic holiday? Satan loves tomorrow's holiday. It is demonic to the core. You should not open the door to demonic activity by willingly participating in Halloween. Period. Okay, it is occult. Satan loves this holiday. He loves to th- catch people unaware, thinking, oh, we're just going to like dress our little kids up in cute little costume, and it's going to be okay. No, I'm sorry, it's not okay. It is not okay. It is demonic to the core. It is occultic. There is witchcraft. Halloween is not for Christians. Period. Don't teach your children that it's okay to compromise on these issues. If you want to have fun with your child, find a wholesome way to have fun with your child or grandchild. But I would not want to be responsible uh, myself for allowing my children or grandchildren on my watch to participate in that holiday. All right, that's all I'm going to say about that. I mean, right here, you look, look what he says. Pagan cults. I mean, this is, Halloween is worse than pagan cults. It's demonic, it's occultic, it's witchcraft. So maybe it's good we're having this lesson today. Anyway, so Pergamon was commended for keeping the faith in Christ in the midst of tremendous pagan worship. See, you can do it, okay? You can do it. You can say no to those things. Um, and... He commended them for, for, you know, there was active martyrdom of believers, and he he commended them for keeping the faith even though that was happening. He mentions Antipas, who was, you know, put to death. Okay. Then he admonishes them for several things. And remember, as we're going through these, like I said to you last week, This is so that we can be aware, okay? This is not a list of do's and don'ts because when our heart is after Jesus, we're not going to do these things, okay? But you need to be aware you live in a world where these things are going on and you need to be equipped to minister to these things and not just, you know, say, oh, you're okay, I'm okay, it's okay, darling. It's okay, darling. It's all going to be all right. No, you're here to be a light, okay? Um, so anyway, he, he admonished them for tolerating amongst themselves, now think about that, for tolerating amongst themselves the practices of Balaam. Go ahead and read Numbers 22 through 24. Uh, I'm not going to go through all that. But anyway, this would be those who would lead others astray, enticing them to practice or to tolerate or to encourage others to do things admonished in the scriptures. Okay? For instance, Balak had asked Balaam to curse Israel, right? Okay? And, and, and you know, Balaam was quite willing to do that for hire. <laughs> no shame there. That's, that's a thought. He was a wicked prophet. All right? And But he did say, I cannot curse what God has blessed. Okay? So, on one hand, he didn't do what God didn't want him to do. But he found a way in through the back door. Okay? So, just because our actions or our agreements are not overt... It does not mean that we will not be accountable and that others will be accountable, okay? So anyway, uh, he encouraged, Balaam encouraged Balak to basically manipulate or seduce the Israelites into wrongdoing, okay? That's what happened, things that God hated. So then the Israelites would end up bringing God's judgment on themselves. But God did not just hold the Israelites accountable. Okay? Numbers 31, 15 through 16. Moses, this is Moses speaking. Have you allowed all the women to live? He asked them. They were the ones who followed Balaam's advice and were the means of turning the Israelites away from the Lord in what happened at Peor, so that a plague struck the Lord's people. So you see what happened there? Okay, so Balak gets his wish through Balaam, Balaam's manipulation. So Balaam was basically the impetus of encouraging the women to entice the Israelites into sexual immorality. Basically, what happened was Balaam had tried to use his prophetic gift to you know, curse the Israelites. Well, that didn't work. So he authorizes or sets in motion a plan of seduction. So he'll get the same result eventually. Okay? So he was willing to use God's given gift to him, a God-given gift, for wrong purposes and for his benefit. Okay. Okay. So Balaam basically counseled Balak on how to weaken the Israelites. Now, you're not going to do that, are you? But you need to be aware, don't you? You need to be aware. So we will always, you will always have people around you that are trying to do the exact same thing to you, to weaken your testimony, to bring you down, to shame you, to discourage you from standing on the word and how you know you need to stand. You will have people who are in compromise around you that will try to entice you. And you need to be aware. You need to be aware of the devil's trickery and the devil's schemes. Don't go through life just, oh, oh, They didn't mean it. Yes, they did. I'm sorry. Sorry. And if they didn't mean it, it doesn't really matter, because the effect of of others following that advice, that wrong advice, is the same. Okay? So, we need to be aware. So, anyway, through this seduction, what happened was the Moabite and the Midianite women tempted the Israelites into sexual immorality. They, they got into pagan um, rituals and things like that. So the Israelites participated, um, and that brought God's judgment on them, and 24,000 of them died. So it's no laughing matter. So according to, and according to 2 Peter 2.15, I'm not going to go there, Jude 1.11, basically they call it... Uh, Balaam's way, or Balaam's error, and it was a choice to promote promote falsehood, okay, promote falsehood, and accommodate pagan beliefs out of greed, out of self-promotion, that sort of thing, okay? So does that sound familiar to you today at all? Does it? Does it sound familiar to you with a lot of the theories and things that are going on oh you're just being intolerant oh you're just you're just unloving okay do we love every single person does God love every single person but and can he love and hate sin at the same time so can you love and hate sin And what will be your greatest love when you see a person in sin? If they come to you. I mean, if if the Lord puts them in your path, if you have relationship, I mean, you don't just walk up to someone on the street and say, you know, you're in sin, you're going to hell, blah, blah, blah. That's, you know. Do you have relationship with Jesus? Isn't it really that relationship with Jesus and, and knowing how much he loves you and that you love him that allows him to speak into your life? right, okay, so God loves every person, hates every sin, we love every person, okay, I just want to be clear on that, all right, right, Second Peter 2:14. with eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning, okay, think about, think about the condition that the world is in and how truly sad this is, and they need people to bring light, and you're the light. You are the risen glory of the Lord. Okay? With eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning, they seduce the unstable. That, you know, that's sad. There are people that are just uh, unstable, they just don't know. You were created to help those people, to mentor those people, to grow them up, you know, and let them know how, how the Lord loves them. They seduce the unstable. They are experts in greed and a cursed brood. They have left the straight way and had wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved the wages of wickedness. There are people in the world that love the wages of wickedness. Tomorrow is one of those days where that is celebrated where the wages of wickedness are celebrated and the devil wants to entrap people who love the wages of wickedness, but he was rebuked for his wrongdoing by a donkey, a beast without speech, who spoke with a man's voice and restrained the prophet's madness. You are here to restrain the madness of this world. God has given you his life, the life of Jesus, the Holy Spirit in you to restrain the darkness. These men are springs without water and mist driven by a storm. Blackest darkness is reserved for them. Wow. Wow. How many of you would like to make it your goal to snatch as many people that are on that path away into the glory road? For they mouth empty boastful words, and by appealing to the lustful desires of sinful human nature, they entice people who are... They entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom while they themselves are slaves to depravity. For a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. Whether that's sin or Jesus. Okay? Thankfully, if it's Jesus, he sets us free. Okay? So we have but one master. That is the intent of our lives to have one master, and that is Jesus Christ our Lord. One master. Not money. Not money. Not fame. Not greed. Not pride. Not self, not sports, not TV, not social media. Not uh, others' opinions. Not um, wanting to fit in. I want to fit in. I want to be, be like them so they accept me. Um, not wanting to have the in-thinking not wanting to be on the in crowd, not wokeness. You see? Those can become lords. We, we have to keep our hearts, our eyes set on Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay? Not that fame or money or any of those things are inherently evil. That's not what I'm saying. Because God will bless you when your eyes are on him in ways that you just can't even imagine so that you can be a blessing to others. Right? So we understand that thinking, right? Okay. So one Lord, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, our beautiful Jesus. So basically the doctrine of Balaam is the attitude that you can be Fully cooperative, cooperative with the world? That's a a sly, slick word. You can cooperate with the world and still serve God. I'm sorry, it's oil and water. Right? I mean, he makes it really clear in the scripture. That's a lie. Basically, what that is teaching is it is teaching compromise. You can love the world... You can't compromise to earn their favor or to fit in. Um, That thinking basically seduces Christians into ignoring (coughs) that they are called to be separate. You are called to be separate so that you can be a light. You are called to be holy, okay, Um, You are in this world, but you are not of this world. Uh, The church is to look different than the world. The church is to act differently than the world acts. Um, You will never, I had someone ask me this question one time, a long time ago, but you will never pull an alcoholic out of alcoholism by drinking with them to show them that you understand. I mean, but the but people think that way. Someone asked me that. Well can I go to a bar and you know I'm trying to witness to this person. Well you just lost your witness. Okay? You just lost your witness. Um, You're supposed to be the one that's setting the example to be able to pull that person out of whatever their addiction is. I just use that one particular one. Okay. Um, You will never be a light if you compromise into the sin of the world. Okay. You've lost your light at that point. You will never (coughs) bring, you will never bring the radically Freeing power of Jesus Christ our Lord to a person, if you agree, or if you tolerate, or if you just sort of turn a deaf ear to the sin of the culture. Does that make sense? And that would be gender choice, which is now called what? Gender ideology, or I don't, I don't know what it's called. It changes every day. Um, CRT, uh, manipu- uh, uh, mutilation of minors. Mutilation of minors. Okay, does that mean that you do not love a transgender person? No, you love, you love, you love, you love, you love, you love, you love. You get in there, in their pain, whatever it is, whatever the issue is. You become present with them. But it does not mean that you agree with the sin. The only way to help others to freedom in Jesus is to stick to God's way of doing things. That's that's the only way that you will help bring freedom to people's lives, is is stick to God's way of doing things. So, these few little things that I just mentioned. uh, Gender identity. God created them, male and female. God created them exactly, perfectly, beautifully how he wanted them to be created so they could do his beautiful, wonderful things here on this earth, right? And honestly, that's the only way that they're going to ever feel fulfilled. All these other searchings and changing our identity and all that, it's not going to accomplish the fulfillment that they're seeking, and they're just going to end up sadder than they were before, more hurt than they were before. OK, we don't want to be a part of that. I don't, I don't want to be a part of increasing the pain, the ultimate pain in somebody's life. CRT, OK? What is the only way to end discrimination is precisely that. End discrimination. Don't create discrimination in another form. You see what I'm saying? Right? Um, If you want to end discrimination, do it the way the Bible says. And share the love of Jesus. Love one another first. Love him first, actually. Then love one another through him. And then love others. The only way to encourage love among all people, is to know that all lives matter. All lives matter. The same to God. He doesn't have any favorites. Do you know he doesn't dissect you according to your skin color or your race? He doesn't put you in little pods And when we say one life matters over another life, we've just segmented the body. That's what we've done. We've chopped off an arm and put it there, and we've chopped off another arm and put it there, and we say all these parts are different, and we're saying they can't work together. Okay, that's absolutely wrong. He doesn't play favorites. He says all those parts are equally important and necessary. Okay. So, we have to live within God's parameters no matter what it is. He says sex outside of marriage is wrong. It's wrong. Why is he saying that? It's not it's it's not to punish you. It's to protect you. It's to help you. Okay? Emotionally and physically. And if we don't understand God's way, we need to set our heart to learn to understand God's way. And he will give us the wisdom. And he will give you the words to minister to those in a loving way the truth of Christ. In a loving way, speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. So, You are to be the light. You are not to be this dark net of compromise in this world. Do you get that? You are to be the yeast of Jesus. That's who you are. All right, Galatians 5, 9. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. Now you can look at that in terms of sin, but you can look at that in terms of light. If you're the yeast of Jesus, you may not see a result immediately, but you will see it. It works through the whole dough. Romans 1, 21. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. And listen to this. Listen to this verse, 23. 23. And exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Think of that thought. Exchanged the glory of the immortal God. When you see the paganism or whatever it is that you know, the Lord brings someone to you, if you think about the fact that what has really happened in their life if they are steeped in sin is that they have unknowingly perhaps perhaps knowingly exchanged exchanged the glory of God for for that th- sin it will give you so much compassion for them you understand it will give you so much compassion you have exchanged the glory but you can get it back because God has redemption for every person. God has redemption. Can I repeat that? God has redemption for every situation and every person. Hallelujah. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. You You need to think about these philosophies that are out there and think about that is what is happening. That is what is happening, and guess what? You get to be the instrument of change in people's lives. You get to change lives and families and your, your communities because you carry the truth, and you are bold enough to stand for it unashamedly. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Okay? See, you don't want to be the mouth of approval or the one who just walks the other way signifying approval. You see that? So, a person following the doctrine of Balaam, because that's, you know, what we've talked about so far right here in this church of Pergamum, is willing to basically compromise his beliefs in the way that God does, it, wants things done, in the way that God lays it out in Scripture, so to speak, for personal gain or personal pleasure, and he or she then acts to enable sinful behaviors in others. See, it's not just what you're doing. You understand? You understand the the ripple effect that we're talking about here and how you can be the great agent of change, of the goodness and the light of Jesus in this world, that you are the agent of change? You are the agent that brings life? So we're not going to be this church, right? Say, I am not that church. I am not that person. I am here to make a difference. I stand apart. I serve my holy God. And I am going to do whatever he tells me to do to bring his life and his love to those around me. Okay? I am the overcoming church. I am the overcoming church. That's who I am. So, the Pergamum church, its said in the scripture that we read earlier, um, basically, it also held to the beliefs of the Nicolaitans. Okay, we've discussed that, haven't we? Do y'all remember the Nicolaitans? Okay, do you remember discussing that? <coughs> Excuse me. Basically, what, they, what, what that was, I'll, I'll just briefly, it was intermingling all the different faiths. Remember, he, he had Christianity, Buddhism, um, Judaism, and he put them all together and he said, basically, anything's okay. I'm okay, you're okay. Oh, sweetheart, it's gonna be all right. It's gonna all come out in the wash. Well, <clears throat> I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't know when, I don't wanna know where that wash is going. But anyway, so it was the intermingling of all these different faiths, and, and today don't we have that? Don't we have the intermingling? You know, we have the New Age, we have the humanism, we have secularism, we have uh, wokeness, we have the occult, you know, and, and anything goes. And, um, and that's not okay. That's not okay. I'm going to be really clear about that. That is not Okay. So in practical life, this means that each and every one of us is obligated to stand up for the truth of Christ, the biblical way of doing life in every area of our lives, okay? How many of you are happy that you have this responsibility? How many of you are overjoyed that the Lord sees fit that you get to carry his light, love, and glory. I'm <laughs> like, that is like, whoa. What better, what better lot could you have in life? Arise and shine, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Hallelujah. Okay. Okay. Romans 14, Blessed is the man who does not condemn himself by what he approves. See that? See how important that is? Matthew 5, 16. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Glory be to God. All for the glory of God. So even if others don't want to hear it, even if others persecute you, and they will, they will, I'm sure they already have, for what you live out, for what you live out, even if you are in the midst of Satan's throne. And I do believe that. Acts 24, 22. Okay, here's an example of someone who didn't want to hear it. Who knew, but didn't want to hear anymore. Then Felix, who was well acquainted with the way. See that? Don't just assume because, you know what I'm saying? Like, get to know the people around you, get to know their hearts, get to know their issues. Be a safe place for them to come. Not not a place where they feel like immediately they're going to be judged. Be a safe place. Draw them into that safety net of the love of the Lord. Okay? So that you can be a minister. Anyway, then Felix, who was well acquainted with the way, adjourned the proceedings. When Lysias, the commander, comes, he said, I will decide your case. He ordered the centurion to keep Paul under guard, but to give him some freedom and permit his friends to take care of his needs. So have you ever been in that situation where someone will, uh, and, and, and you need to be careful of this, that someone will just sort of like humor you? Hello? Have you ever been there? And you know there's a manipulation going on. You know they're, they're not really getting it. That's not the time to quit. That's time to press in. Okay? All right. Um, but to give him some freedom and permit his friends to take care of his needs. Several days later, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was a Jewish, Jewess. He sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ. As Paul discoursed, on righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid. <coughs> I'm sorry. And said, "That's enough for now." See, he didn't want to hear any more. You may leave. Go ahead. Bye. See you later. Enough is enough. <coughs> when i find it convenient i will send it for you <laughs> that that thought right there has a lot of a lot to think about right there what if the time for convenience never comes that's when you really got to listen to the holy spirit and say okay lord is this all you wanted this person to hear at this time or is this something where I need to press in? I mean, I'm just, you know, being real about situations, right? Yes, the Holy Spirit, how to lead you and guide you in those situations. (coughs) (coughs) When I find it convenient, I will send for you. At the same time, he was hoping that Paul would offer him a bribe. So he sent for him frequently and talked with him. When two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Porcius Festus, but because Felix wanted to grant a favor to the Jews, he left Paul in prison. See that? (coughs) He left him in prison. He knew what was right. He didn't want to hear it, and so he left him, you know, tried to keep him snared down. So what's the point? He He didn't want to hear what Paul had to say, but Paul was preaching the truth of righteousness and the judgment to come. He kept preaching. He didn't let the, the, the imprisonment, the, the, the secular, the, the worldly imprisonment pr- imprison him. You see that? The information he had could save Felix. Felix. So he wasn't going to give up. He wasn't going to say, okay, well, I've done my part. I guess I really don't need to do anymore." I, I witnessed to that guy, and if they didn't get it, well, tough. No, he took this to heart. He kept on because these are souls, beloved. <coughs> these are souls. It is never time to quit on somebody What if somebody had quit on you? It is never time to give up on a soul. No matter what the cost, not a single person in this room will ever pay what Jesus paid for a soul. Get out there and do your digging. Get out there and, and, and be the light. Don't just take that, oh, I'm the, I'm the sweet little light of, of Jesus. Excuse me, you are not a sweet little light. You are a big, glory-filled, Holy Ghost fire of God. And it is time to quit pretending, oh, this little part that I did is just good enough. No, it is not good enough. It is not good enough. It is not good enough. You will be working for souls until you go to be with him. We are not just here to be a little bitty, tiny little flicker, a little flame. I said something really nice to somebody today. Is all that important? Yes, all that's very important. Be an encourager. Say something nice. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say it. Think about the wound it could create before you let it fly out of your mouth. Show appreciation. Give thanksgiving. But let the Holy Spirit fire of God out of your soul. Out of your spirit. Be the healing that somebody needs. I don't care what it costs. If you are in pain or persecuted, they're in more pain. I don't know where all that came from, but it's
1: the truth. <laughs> Day, I shan't a hollow Oh, da 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 oh da 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 day, and da 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 Oh, da that da had da 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 Yes, Lord Jesus. There is not one of you that has not been called to this time and this place
2: in this hour. There's not one of you that has not been called to this time and this place in this hour. There is not one of you that does not know and understand it's exactly who I am in your life. There is not one of you that does not know that my word is truth. And it is the hour to stand up upon this earth. This, this is the hour that I have ordained for I am coming soon. And you must be about my business. You must do the work that is set before you. Every one of you, you have been given a gift, and every one of you will be expected to bring that gift to the altar. It is today that you are expected to do this. It is this hour that you expected to do this. It is in this time and in your family. Your family is the one that is hurting. Your family is the one that is loved. Your family is the one that I died for. And I have set you as instruments of praise and glory in this hour to do that in your families, that which you would have to do, that which I have set you on your streets to do that what you would have to do. I have set you in the county that you're set in, in the state that you're set in, in the nation that you're set in, and an exact hour and minute and day. Today is the day of salvation, deliverance, and healing. Go forth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Go forth. We receive that word. We thank you, Lord. Precious Holy Spirit, we thank you for that word. We thank you. We receive it. We take it as a direction. We take it as a direction from you, Lord God. And we set our hearts right now. Anyone who agrees, I want you to agree. (coughs) I want you to say, I set my heart to agree with that word. And I will be a doer. According to the instruction that I have just received from the Lord, I set it in my heart. This day, forward. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. (laughs) How do you go back to a message? How do you go back to a message from that? The Lord is so good, so kind, so wonderful. He has so much confidence in you. Do you see what He, do you hear what He just said to you? That is not a, a God who is questioning whether you can do it. That is a God who has put you in a special place this special time, ordained you. You are His ordained ministers. Every single one of you is His ordained minister. How precious is the Word of God! How precious is the Word of God! Thank you, Lord. We will go forth. We will do. We receive your instruction, and we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. So you see, compromise will never get the job done. All right? We've just been told that. So actually, this is a really good time to go to the reward portion. <laughs> actually, actually, <laughs> Revelation 2.17. Revelation He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The Spirit has just spoken to you. He who has an ear, let him hear. I hear you, Lord, say that. I hear you, Lord. (coughs) To him who overcomes... I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give him a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to him who receives it. Hallelujah. Hidden manna, the bread of life, the bread of life. Hallelujah. What a beautiful, beautiful idea. The true manna, those that eat thereof, those that eat thereof shall never die, shall never hunger, see that? The full revelation of Christ, nothing hidden anymore. You do not have to worry about God wanting to hide things from you. That's not who he is. 1 John 3, 2 says, Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be, he has not Yet has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, and that is our journey here to be like him, to be exactly like him. For we shall see him as he is the beautiful (coughs) sustenance and presence of the Lord. (laughs) Forever and ever. True spiritual food, the hidden manna, true spiritual food that satisfies everything and satisfies forever. Oh my gosh. The table of the Lord set before each and every one of you forever and ever and ever. It is worth everything we need to do here. The white stone with a new name. There's a lot of debate about the white stone, okay? The stones were used in times of judgment. So uh, black stones weren't used for negative judgment. White stones were used for pardon. 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 Jesus has pardoned. Those who receive him as their Lord and Savior are pardoned, okay? The white stone was, um, so it it could be that. It could be signifying that the person uh, is basically pardoned from judgment, because in Jesus we have been, right? White stones were given to the victors in Olympic Games, okay? Are you a victor through Jesus Christ, your Lord? Yes, you are. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. The overcomers receive the crown of life, the glory given, the glory given to those who are more than conquerors in Christ. Okay? The new name, that's also not clearly explained. There are different opinions about that. But when I read it, I think about the fact that that would be the true revelation of our identity in Christ. The true revelation. The character of Christ. The way that God has always seen us. Each one individually is what I'm saying. Okay? Um, The beauty, the splendor of how God sees you through the blood of Christ. Christ. Not through the missteps and the mistakes, but the way he ultimately has planned you to be. Okay? Uh, Your new name, your name of adoption as his son or daughter. Your name of adoption as his son or daughter. The full work of the Holy Spirit through you, in you. What the Holy Spirit has done and accomplishes in you. Recreated spirit, recreated you in Christ. I mean, these are beautiful things, your new name. God revealing to you your true identity, his heart, the character of Christ that he sees and calls you by. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that wonderful? Just like he renamed Abraham, just like he renamed Sarah, just like he had renamed Saul to Paul, you know, and others. Because he didn't see them or evaluate them by their past or their sin. He gave them a new name for how he saw them. His name for you, his name for every single one of you sitting here His name for you in the fullness of his glory. Wow. I mean, think about that. Walking in the glory, purposed to shine. You are purposed to shine for all of eternity. For all of eternity. Okay. So that's what the Lord wanted me to share today Um, so we're gonna do communion and we will take our tithes and offerings if you do not have the communion elements and you need them please raise your hand and someone will bring that to you thank you for having the courage to come forth with the word of god margaret thank you thank you for stepping out courageously Thank you for being courageously available. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna, for the interpretation. You see how the Lord wants to flow through every single person, and that's not meant for just one person. Hallelujah. All right. Communion in this church is open to any believers in Christ. Lord, we take, we come to your table to dine with you, to sup with you, to sit with you. We thank you, Lord, That this is a time when we can come and just remember you to draw you nigh and you draw us nigh we remember the sacrifice you've made and today we remember the charge that you have given we thank you for every stripe that you took so that even now today we could stand and walk forward in your charge We thank you for that, in Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you for your blood. You poured it out for each and every one of us, Lord. You gave us mercy And today you've charged us to walk in that also to others. We just thank you, Lord. We cannot thank you enough. Thank you for seeing us through the blood. Thank you for washing us white as snow. In Jesus' mighty name. And for the tithes and the offerings, for the tithes and the offerings today, I'm going to read out of Deuteronomy 8. I'm going to start in verse 10. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud And you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. How many of you have been brought out of the land of slavery? He led you through the vast, dreadful desert, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. Thank you, Father. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known, to humble and to test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so, confirms His covenant which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. Hallelujah. He has brought you out. Do not forget the Lord your God. So, Lord, we come before you with our offerings. We put them into your hands, willingly, cheerfully, and, Lord, we say, That it is you that have given us the ability to produce wealth. (coughs) And we thank you and we give you the credit and the honor and the glory. (coughs) In Jesus' mighty name, amen. (coughs) I'm sorry. So I thank you, Lord, for every person and every family represented. (coughs) Thank you for your precious word to us today, Lord. I thank you that it is seed that gets rooted deeply in our spirits. And that every person here, because of your glory, produces a mighty harvest for you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that your blessing is upon them, that they are the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, above only and not beneath. That all that they set their hands to prospers so that you will be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, well, I'm here if anybody needs anything. I love everybody. You are dismissed. Thank you. Oh, you forgot to remind me. Hey, Patty, here.